This is Gateway City Sports. Cardinal fans to another episode of the Turn Into Podcast, episode number 21, the Mother's Day version of the Turn Into Podcast. First and foremost, happy Mother's Day to all of the mothers out there. Tito. Yes. How'd your day go, man? It was okay. Uh, Happy Mother's Day. I'm going to echo what you said. Happy Mother's Day to everybody out there, Um, whether you're uh, what, whatever kind of mother figure you are, um, we appreciate you and what you do for all of us. Uh, there are that those are uh, a son's first love is usually their mother. So uh, we appreciate well, Absolutely. I just actually saw a post from you about uh, Leo heading to a Cardinals game in his uh, in your hat. And That's I, right. I was waiting on you to jump on here and I'm thinking to myself, thank goodness that he looks like his mother because anything else would have been a travesty. Absolutely. I, I 100% 100 agree with that. (laughs) Well, you know, I'm glad you had a good day. I hope everybody else did. Um, But let's, let's get down to business. Let's let's get down to the nitty gritty. The Cardinals do it once again, sweep up a lowly bottom feeder ball club and my goodness man they are absolutely rolling right now and um there's a couple other things i want to jump into but this team i don't care who they're playing man they just it felt good and and today was kind of just the icing on the cake yeah look like four weeks ago we were singing you know some woe songs um woe is me. We can't do anything right. We can't hit, we can't pitch. We can't, we just can't play competent baseball. Um, and look what happens when you string some wins together, you find your footing. Um, and I know, I know what you're going to ask me or what we're going to talk about. And I, I just have this clairvoyance about me right now. Um, but there was one particular move that probably springboarded um, this success that you've seen from the Cardinals. Um, and, you know, it just, you know, it's, it's one of those things. It's what a difference, you know, a, a, a run of 17 games can make uh, for a team. Um, and, you know, as you said, you pick up wins against the bottom feeders. That's what you're supposed to do. Um, that's three straight weekend sweeps for the Cardinals. So that's a pickup of nine games right there against the Pirates, Reds, and, you know, this, this series against the Rockies. Um, so, you know, there's a, there's a lot of positives, um, and I'm, I'm actually feeling in a really good mood. I'm not really going to talk about too many negatives today. Yeah, and um, I'm not sure if you even saw this today, but I posted something up about um, what the Cardinals' record was since Dylan Carlson had been in the two-hole, and I don't know if that's what you're referring to. Yes, it the is. Correct, the correct answer at this present time with Carlson in the two-hole as many of us wanted for so long is 13 and three. The Cardinals are 13 and three with Dylan Carlson in the two hole. And I can only imagine where this team would be if, you know, they would have done what was requested at the, at the start of the season, but you know, you get it corrected early and, and this team's rolling and I'm going to say something that you will never hear out of me again. I can't wait for this, (laughs) but you know, I hope Harrison Bader can keep this up because <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. So I just feel like, honestly, like, you know, 
just, hitting, just say it. Just say it. With him hitting, this ball club feels top to bottom complete. Yeah, I agree. It feels deep and like honest to God, like I can't even I can't even bitch and complain about Paul DeYoung right now. No, it's weird because let me let me first go back to the the thirteen and three record with Dylan Carlson. Right, um, I was a big proponent of you know keeping where Dylan was in the bottom half of the order because the Cardinals were putting up a bunch of runs. The problem is um, it was a very feast or famine mode. And if you've noticed, even with this transformation with Dylan Carlson moving into the two hole, you haven't really had that feast or famine uh, at bats. Now it's, it's been a pretty consistent diet of five to six runs a game. Um, they're hitting that that magic number of four and a half or more pretty much all the time. Um, and it's on a consistent basis. Uh, I think they're realizing that, you know, when you have a com- as complete of a lineup as the Cardinals do right now, you don't have to do too much. And especially, especially if you're getting good starting pitching, all you have to do is enough to, to keep, keep those wins coming. And it, it's nice to see that the Cardinals have kind of ter- made this kind of turning point. Um, and I'm going to give credit where credit's due. I'm going to give credit to Mike Schilt here. I think he, you know, he realized himself that they needed to make a change in the batting order. And he did that. And look what he's been rewarded with 13 wins three losses in those, in those games that he started. And, you know, the Cardinals, what I think the record was 13 and four on that 17 game stretch. No, it was, straight um, games. it was uh, 12, I want to say five. 12 and four, 12 and five. Yeah. I mean, that's look plus seven on a 17 game stretch. I'll take that any day. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, I mean, I'm 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 kind of I, I just got a message from somebody, you know, just a few yeah. months ago, and they're like, "Man, this this ball club, man." He's like, he he legit said, you know, when was the last time we had a complete team like this? And he, he referenced 2013. And I said, "Man, I said I don't think 2013 was a complete team. I just think this team got hot." Now I told him in response that I feel the most complete team that the Cardinals have had is right now uh, um, was probably 2004. Yeah, murderers row. That whole team felt so complete. And yeah, that, that's a that's one of those cardinal teams where you you would have to have somebody else at the stature of Goldschmidt and Arenado in the middle of your lineup. But as we're seeing right now, uh, Carlson's filling that role quite nicely. Well, it's kind of wild to me. It's like <clears throat> it's like with those two guys with Edmund and, and Carlson. It's like you have the 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 small ball guys, the speed, you know, the hits, et cetera, et cetera. And then you jump into the power, you know, and. But we've always said it before. The car, one thing that the Cardinals have truly lacked, and I, and this goes back to the 2004 team. So I'm glad we're talking about this. It goes back to the fact that your leadoff and your two have to be table setters uh-huh. for your three, four, and five. In 2004, they had Fernando Vina, who was an on-base machine, who literally either got a hit or got plunked. And so you're already playing with fire right then and there. So, uh, you know, is if Edmund continues to be, you know, what he is right now, for one, he'll be easily one of the best second basemen in the National League, if not mm-hmm. top three um, in the National League. If he continues to get on base the way he is, I think he was on pace for 199 hits this season, which is crazy to think about. My goodness. I know, right? Um, I can't even tell you the last time a Cardinal hitter had 200 hits in a season. That would be a fun stat to look up. But if he continues to do that, on top of Dylan Carlson, his resurgence in the two-hole and just continuously putting the ball in play – or that's, getting on base for that matter. Or getting on base, yeah, you're right, because he does he does walk. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, again, other opposing teams now have to look at pitching around Goldschmidt to get mm-hmm. to Arenado or not, <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and and that's a very very tough ask. The only issue right now, and and I'll just throw this one little teensy wingsy negative thing is Paul Goldschmidt isn't really hasn't clicked yet he's been close 
You know, he had that big home run over the weekend, but he's very, very close. But the point is, is that would you rather face Goldschmidt or Arenado? And the point is, is I would face neither because either one of them can take you deep on one pitch. And that's three runs right there if the other two get on. And that's a really, really tough way to start a game. Yeah, so I saw a... I guess a stat pop-up thing earlier and I can't, I was trying to look for it. Um, and I thought, I thought tonight would be a great time to talk about it, but I, I can't, I can't locate it right now, but it, it was basically of Paul Goldschmidt um, last year and Paul Goldschmidt this year. And then 50 something games last year, he hit um, X amount of home runs. And then this year, he's only one shy of that in 30 something games. So although we see, we may feel that he is struggling, um, or not, not you know, hot right now. I mean, he he's doing it. Um, but the thing is, the what I said the other night too was the fact is Goldschmidt can struggle. Goldschmidt can struggle right now, and everybody else is going to carry him because I know that in 2019, I want to say it was, is I didn't feel like Ozuna and Goldschmidt had that. I felt like if 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 one of them went down, the whole lineup went down. It felt deflated. But now, you know, like I said, you know, last time we spoke was the fact that if the one, two guys aren't doing anything, it feels like the three, four guys are doing something. And then, um, you know, <clears throat> Bader's doing stuff that I didn't think Bader could do. Um, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. And, you know, I'll eat crow all day long. That's fine. But, I just feel like this team is so complete. And like, I, I, I'll be honest with you games on Friday and Saturday. I was, I was so busy with family stuff. I yeah. didn't catch a single game, but I didn't feel like I had to worry about it. You now, know, I, I, was I, that more due to who they were playing or was it just, you felt the vibe? Um, no, I mean, a team can lose at any point in time, you know, and I I would check the score um, or check the tweets, whatever, what have you. But I just, I just feel good about the team. I just feel good about it. And the thing is, it's scary, and that should scare every team in the division or in the major leagues. Hell, we'll go that deep. Yeah. Because we're not complete yet. We're not complete. We are not to where the ceiling is on this team. And I think as the summer get, if it gets hotter, you know, um, this team is just going to go on a tear. And, I mean, we're, we're seven games above 500 currently, and – you know, I I hope I hope a lot of people that said this team you know needed more than just what we had or that more than Arenado are even eating their words at this present time, man. Because just we're a couple bullpen pieces away from being deep playoff contenders in my eyes. And yes, I am very biased. I am a homer, but that's how I see it. Yeah, so let me go back to a couple points you made about how somebody could have an off night um, and the team will pick him up, right? I, I think you're seeing some of that also play out in the starting pitching right now. Um, you know, Carlos Martinez didn't have a good game this weekend, and that's that's okay. Um, they they brought they said later after the game was over that he got hurt because of celebrating Jack Flaherty's home run or something like that whatever, whatever you have to say to make it feel better. Okay. But the point being is that even when Carlos Martinez wasn't at his best, or at least what we've been accustomed to for the last, you know, three starts that he's thrown um, the offense bailed him out. And that's okay. Because there are going to be days where your starting pitcher doesn't have it. And I, and I think about that, that game five start, in the 2012 NLDS against the Washington Nationals, Wainwright got shelled. Didn't even make it out of, I think, the second inning. I think he went a one and a third, giving up seven earned runs. And the Cardinals still won that game. And that is what makes teams good teams, even great teams. They find a way to battle through adversity and they win those games. So there are going to be days where Arenado doesn't have it or Goldschmidt doesn't have it or even Yadier Molina behind the plate doesn't have it. But a good team figures it out and says, you know what? Somebody's having an off day. We got to figure out how to win this game. And sometimes they won't do it. 
But you have to be as a fan, as an objective fan, you have to be willing to understand that, look, they're not going to win every game, but they sure will make it competitive. And at least at the very least, that's what you can expect from this team right now. Yeah, and and like I said, I, I think the only the only thing that I have a worry about at all um, would would be the um, bullpen is bullpen. bad right now. I mean, they are their confidence is really really low. Helsley, I mean, he almost threw that game away. He got lucky, to be honest. Yeah, uh, to get a ground ball double play to end that game because you could even see it. You could even see it slipping from his hand and and just saying, you know what. <laughs> You know, we took two or three, but, you know, fortunately they got three, but even then the bullpen just, you know, I, I don't know if it's, I don't know what it is, but again, they can struggle at some point and, and we can still win a game and I'm okay with it. Yeah. And you know, <laughs> the other night, like I said, I wasn't watching the games, games one or game two. And, um, you know, I was I was refreshing the feed a little bit because I, I like to keep up via that way too, um, not even look at the score because you know sometimes people overreact. But uh, I think one of the coolest things I, I saw was whenever everybody started freaking out about Flaherty's home run because jokingly, jokingly, a couple years ago I was tweeting somebody um, about you know. Flaherty's going to hit a home run. Flaherty's going to hit a home run. Um, and I think it was like a question that I asked us. So one of his good buddies or something like that, just messing around. And thank God he got to do that before the DH came into play because, I mean, I don't think Flaherty's the best hitter, but, I mean, I'm sure he – I mean, it was a blast too. I saw the replay. and That thing it was hit was. over the bullpen or nearly over the yeah, bullpen. No, he got all of it. That's for sure. I mean, and the t- swing was absolutely atrocious. But the, but the bat flip was nice. I like that. He he kind of tossed that bat down with authority. Look, I mean, you when you hit a, get a home run off of a pitcher and you are a pitcher, celebrate it. Let it ride, man. Especially your old, your old uh, rotation mate in yeah. Memphis, Springfield. I mean, him and Austin Gomer pretty much grew up together, if you will. Right. right. I'm sure the, the text message exchange after the game was – Interesting to say the least. Yeah, probably a, a nice little uh, hand gesture emoji. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel like there is one thing that, that you've brought up a couple times. I want to talk about Harrison Bader a little bit more, um, not because I want to ridicule you or anything like that, but I, I do find it interesting with his play. Um, he, he, you know, he had an at bat today where he took a pitch up the middle. It was a nice, easy swing. Um, I saw his average right around the 230. So I'm assuming at the end of today, it was around 240 ish or so. Um, but I'm going to echo what you're saying about Harrison Bader in this sense. If he can give you a 250 average or better, um, you're taking that and you're riding with that all day long. And the reason I say that is, is because one, that's a much more improved player than what he was, but two, at the end of the, at the end of the day, you need somebody at the bottom of the order to continuously hit as well, because we've, we've talked about lineup flexibility a lot. And and he is just another part of that cog because in the event that he gets on and it's in the bottom half of the order, you don't have to necessarily waste an out in bunting him over. You can steal with him and get on second and then bunt him over as assuming there's only, uh, you know, there's no outs, let him steal and get across the bay or get, get over to third on a bunt. Now you're in business. That's, that's national league style play of baseball right there with the American league style of play. That's not, that's not even a thought because most of the time your DH is already a big bopper. You're just going up there and swinging. Um, so I, 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 if you can get what you're getting right now from Harrison Bader, the occasional pop, the good, uh, you know, a good on base percentage and, and some steals out of him, as you said, this lineup becomes even more complete with his emergence. And if he's going to continuously play like that, the Cardinals are just a really, really dangerous team right now, a really dangerous team. 
Yeah, and I don't personally feel like I need I I don't even need Harrison Bader to to hit a certain amount. I don't need I don't even need to see a certain you know batting average out of Harrison Bader. All I need out of Harrison Bader is for him to cut down on his strikeouts. To be honest with you, yeah. Outside you, of that, outside yeah, of that, let, let it play. You know, let, yeah, let his speed play. I mean, I think that's probably you're probably right in the sense of like as long as he's giving you better than what it was, you should be okay with it. And that's fair. The reason why I say he needs to be hitting for a higher average is because you would like to see him, you know, stretch into some doubles, maybe even some triples in the bottom of the order to be able to play a little bit more aggressive on the base paths. Or if you're trying to come back from a deficit, you know, he's he's a he's a spark plug. Right. Um, That's the only reason I say that. But realistically, I agree with you. If he's putting the ball in play and not striking out, that's way better because, you know, he, he essentially was an out every time he came up to bat, and you can't have that. Yeah, and I, I just looked it up. He is hitting – right now he's hitting 250, and he's got four walks. Let's go. And, I mean, that's that's huge. I mean, that, I, again, for, look, if you were going to tell – if you're going to tell me that Harrison Bader is going to hit 250 the rest of the year – but have a, a, a 380 on base percentage or better. I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be just fine with that because I'm not going to, uh, he's doing what he needs to do. He's going to give you good defense. As we saw this weekend, when he made a nice play in center field, he's going to give you that kind of defense every single day that you have him in the lineup. No reason, no reason to judge him on that. It's just the, it's just his offense. If he can be consistent there at that 250 mark or better, then this team, I'm telling you, at some point, you're going to have a hard out across the board, uh, except for maybe Paul DeYoung right now. But you're going to have a hard out across the board. And as we've seen, continuously seen, Yadier Molina just won't slow down. So one through six right now is very dangerous. And then if you can stretch out through one through eight and anybody can hit, <laughs> I, I mean, if I was the Brewers right now, I, I would not want to play the Cardinals. I really wouldn't. And the Padres haven't looked that great either. So the only thing they have going for them is that their offense can just turn it on at any point. But I, if I was the Brewers, knowing that the Cardinals are coming in town, I'm eating my Wheaties and getting ready because I think the Cardinals are going to take it to them. I, I mean, I hope so, man. It's a... I, mean, I hope so too, but I, I just it's one of those things where – the way that the Cardinals are playing right now, there's not a lot of teams that are going to beat them. Yeah. So let's stop aside. Let's stop. Let's step aside from uh, the games real quick. And I've got a question that just came to my mind that I want to ask you to see what your your thoughts are. So, you know, the history, the recent history of John Mosellock's wild contracts that he hands out. Yeah. Um, At this present time, what more do you need to see out of Tommy Edmond to give him an extension to buy out his arbitration years. The realistic side of me says a full year of play, just because you want to know that he can do it over a year, but there really isn't that much more that you technically really need right now outside of, you know, what he's doing. I mean, look, there was a reason why they were okay with letting Colton Wong walk. Yes, part of probably that was money related, but Tommy Edmond has just been has been as every good as advertised, right? Um, he's got occasional pop. He hits for average. He doesn't strike out a lot, which is very good for a leadoff hitter. Um, and defensively, you know, like I said, he, he's he's right there within the top five, you know, National League second baseman. Um, and shoot, he can and he's like a super utility too. Like he's kind of, he kind of reminds me of a. Enrique Hernandez, who was with the Dodgers, now with the Boston Red Sox, who could play second, left field, center field, right field, wherever you put him, he was going to be a solid player. Um, And that's what I feel like Tommy Edmond is right now. So to answer your question, the the brain side of me says I would like to see it for at least I'm going to I'm going to backtrack a little bit and say at least six months. Well, I guess that is a full baseball season. I'll say half a season. Or more, or more, but my heart, and for the player's sake, is 
I would be okay with him getting kind of a Paul DeYoung deal right now and buy out those years and, and add some value to him and uh, and be okay with it. Yeah, and I think I think I, I line up with that. I mean, I'm not going to give him a new contract in the middle of the season, but I don't think I don't think Tommy Edmond will have the will have the drop off that Young clearly has had. Um, you know, and he, he's very versatile, like you said. You know, plays outfield, can play the infield, pretty much anywhere you put him. Mm-hmm. Um, he's still young, uh, switch hitter. I mean, yeah. he's, he's got a lot of tools, and he's got the speed. I mean, I just don't. I, me, me personally, if in, unless something drastically happens to Tommy Edmonds' play, I would absolutely try to sign him in the off season, especially, especially before this uh, this CBA issue happens. Yeah, um, I have no doubt in my mind they get a deal done. It's just it's it. You know, unfortunately, it it comes down to the money aspect and what his value is or perceived to be. Um, you know, that will only increase if he is a silver slugger at his position or a gold glove winner or a platinum glove winner. Those things all factor into this formula. But I, I would have to generally agree that something gets done this offseason for him um, and the Cardinals are better off for it. You know, I as you've said before, I love Colton Wong. I miss him. I loved his energy on the team but it's hard to argue that you need him when Tommy Edmonds playing at such a high level. Yeah. I mean, uh, likewise, you know, I'm a huge Colton Wong supporter. Um, you know, he gave, he gave a lot to the club. Uh, you know, he went through some stuff here, but uh, I mean, Tommy Edmond hasn't slipped up any, uh, no. he hasn't not impressed me at all. I mean, but I mean, he, he, he sets that table for, for everybody behind him and, and you know, his strikeouts, which are a rarity. Um, it seems like, um, but yeah, I, I'm absolutely on board with, you know, giving him a little bit in the off season, you know, try to keep him around a while. Um, so let's, I mean, there's, I don't think there's really much to talk about game wise. I mean, we took, you split the series with the Mets, swept the Rockies. Um, yeah. One thing I want to talk about the Mets series is, is when we talk, when we discuss like the, the preview, I, I said a two and two split with them would be just fine because there were a couple games where you thought, you know what, the pitching matchup just isn't in the favor, but realistically the Cardinals were, could have won all four of those games. And, and that's not, and that's not an easy thing coming off of so many games in so many days. So the fact that the Cardinals were able to split and then take care of business this, you know, with the, the Rockies here, you know, again, you just, you're okay with those two losses. You move on and, and you, you know, you look forward to the next day. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> let's address the elephant in the room though. What's, what's, what's the elephant? You know who the elephant is. Um, his name starts with an A. An A? An A. Oh my gosh. Um, this this is embarrassing. I'm so embarrassed. I, I who's what's the elephant in the room? Okay. I'm just gonna come out and say this. Let me ask you this. Okay. Do you think Albert Pujols <laughs> will be a cardinal? Within the next two weeks, and then now, would I like it? Yes, um, I do find it. I do find it extremely odd that he pulled his house off the market. Um, allegedly, obviously, I don't. I didn't dig too much into it, but uh, I do find it odd that he did do that. I think you know he he opened it up. Um, a lot of people that I've seen compare him to what Matt Carpenter's doing right now is is complete bullshit and complete lies. Um, Matt Carpenter is on this team because he's a left-handed bat and solely that um, Albert Pujols is hitting, you know, a hair more than, than Matt Carpenter. Um, and Albert has more home runs than Matt Carpenter. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's, it's a, it's a legacy deal at this point in time. Uh, it's not, it's not, you know, oh, look, it's, it's a Matt Carpenter situation because it's not, it's not at all. And, you know, if 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 Albert Pujols was to come back to the Cardinals for whatever reason, you know, if, if they gave him a bench role in any position, um, and he accepted it, right? and he accepted it, um, 
you know, I, I would hope that it would line up with uh, the city and county of St. Louis opening up the doors of Bush Stadium to everybody. Because I promise you, not only, I mean, it's already going to happen, but let's add in everybody and their brother because there will not be a single game at Bush Stadium where there's an empty seat. Yeah, it would be, every game would be sold out. It'd be almost a guarantee. You know, I, I keep battling with myself because the baseball side of me, the baseball sense side of me says, you know, I'm taking into account what Joe Maddox says, you know, about Albert Pujols and um, how he wants to be an everyday player. And that's, that's obviously not in the cards for, for this team. Uh, no pun intended. Um, but if Albert Pujols would accept a bench role, the Cardinals should jump on this train so fast and leave no room for doubt um, about bringing him back. Because as you said, it is a marketing feast that this Cardinal team would have on their hands. And if they want to recoup any money, any money from COVID, they would make this move. There's no doubt in my mind. I just did, you know, I just don't know if it happens because of the player or the team's situation. It'd be very, very, very hard pressed to see Alba Pools taking a bench role because of the type of player he is. Um, and I'm not going to talk about his ego or anything like that. I'm just strictly saying that he's looking for an opportunity to chase history. Correct. He wants to play every day because he's got personal goals that he needs to hit. He's 33 home runs away from 700. Yeah. Did you know that he's that he's only he's one of three people in major league history to have 600 home runs or more and 2100 RBIs. There's only two other players that have done that. Well, and, and those that, that you just don't find those people anymore. Um, they don't exist. And I know that he's passed his yesteryear, but this is arguably the greatest right-handed hitter the game has ever seen. Absolutely. And, and, and I don't just, yeah. I don't think we're going to see that type of player for a while. And then people can no. say, "Oh, Mike Trout this, Mike Trout that." But Mike Trout, he's not he's not Albert. And this is no. all bias aside. I I will I would gladly say that somebody is going to be oh. better than Albert, but I don't know if 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 even in the next 5 to 10 years we oh, will see yes. somebody emerges that. All you have to do is pull the first 10 years of each of, of respectively of both of these two players. And you will see hands down that Albert Pujols is a better hitter, a better overall player than Mike Trout is. And I know the advanced sabermetrics can say what they want, but I guarantee you, even then Albert Pujols is a better player than Mike Trout was or is right now. Oh, absolutely. There's in there's, those, there's, in those there's, 10 years, hands down, hands down. Absolutely. I have no doubt in my mind. Um, I want to. I, I do want to say one more thing about this, and I do want your opinion on this because I think what happened to Albert Pujols really upset me. Mm-hmm. Because he is he is our he is pretty much my favorite player of all time. He is he is that good. He was that good, and he was one of those players when he came up to bat. You just thought in your head he's hitting it out every single time. Oh yeah, and I can't and I can't say that about any player right now in baseball. I cannot. I can genuinely say when somebody comes up to bat, I don't know if they're hitting it out. But with Albert, it was pretty much he had that look in his eye and that you had that feeling where it was, I know he's hitting it out, and then he did. But the way that the Angels handled this situation just pisses me off for Albert Pools because of how great of a player that he is. The angels did not deserve Albert Pools. Oh, and it, it is a shame how they did it. And I'm glad some of the veteran and even hall of fame players like in future hall of fame players, like Pedro Martinez, Adrian Beltre and David Ortiz are calling the angels out for their bullshit. And I know you did too. Uh, and I'm sure you'll say it, you'll talk about it here, but the, what the angels did to Albert Pujols is an absolute 
travesty to his name. And, and I know, and I want to ask you this question, does this solidify in your mind that when he makes it to the hall of fame, it is a Cardinal cap that he wears? Oh, there, there's no doubt in my mind here. Here's the thing is, is the, is the, I know he had some little uh, weird service thing in his contract with the angels to where, you know, he would have to, it was a 10 year deal after he retires. So, and and I don't know if that that will exclude that once he clears waivers, it's all that. And if he goes to another team Um, now, if that is axed out of the deal, you know, absolutely. There's no doubt in my mind, Albert knows where his good times were. Um, And it, but, but to me it is, it is crap. It's complete crap what they did to him because it's it's not that the fact that his game is declining, it's you don't do that to a guy in the last year of his contract. Well, let's face it, the Angels are are a, are an okay ball club, but they're not winning that division. No, you know, and, and one guy who is first ballot Hall of Famer, no doubt, maybe unanimous Hall of Famer, getting benched by the front office that, that signed his contract, that's just shit. And, you know, well, like Arenado said, you know, you know, I I hope you get your last, your last hoorah essentially, you know? Um, And, and, and kudos to Arenado for coming out and stopping and taking a moment to say that, because I think he pretty much was saying what everybody else was feeling in that moment was, I cannot believe the BS that that just was. And I truly, genuinely hope Albert Pujols gets his opportunity to have a swan song, to have that moment that Derek Jeter had, to have that moment that David Ortiz had. Because guess what? Albert Pujols was a better player than both of those players. No doubt in my mind. I know that the grandeur of Big Poppy, you know, that's great. Derek Jeter, the the Yankee captain, Mr. November, I get that too. But you could not convince me that either one of those players was a better player than Albert Pujols was. Not even close. Yeah. And, and to see this happen, it's it's just it's it's just dumbfounding. It's sad for the game of baseball. To be I honest. agree. It is sad. Um, but I mean, they did him dirty. But I, you know, ultimately, do I think he comes back to St. Louis this year? Absolutely. I don't think so. Um, I mean, I would put like a forty to fifty percent chance on it, and that might be on the high end. But I think Albert needs to be on a an American League team with a DH, so he can go for his goals and not take a spot in the field against a team. Um, yeah, now let me... he, he's not going to play here. I mean, he 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 might get a game, you know, maybe once a week, maybe. Um, yeah. um but he'll get his pinch hit opportunities too. Yeah, and you know, I, I say I say an American League team needs to get him. I don't care where he goes, um, but let him here here's what i want here's what i ultimately want um in the end i want albert pools to sign with a team preferred in the american league let him get 20 25 if he can home runs this year um dh is in, 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 brought into the national league next year cardinal sign him to a one-year deal um and let him play let him get that 700th home run in a cardinal in uniform. a cardinal's uniform and you know you can retire if he needs to um that would be poetic uh, for, for, for everybody. Um, I don't care if you're 90 or if you're, you've been a fan for 10 years. Um, it would be amazing for, for us as fans. And you, and you talk about the sellouts that would happen if he was on the team now. <laughs> Imagine the sellouts when he's chasing 700. Oh, yeah. Imagine that. And, 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 and I, can't, I can't fully fathom a team where and, – and I know it would probably happen. Yachty would probably come back on a, on a, on a very team-friendly deal to basically – Make this happen? Oh, yeah. Him, him Wayno, and, and Pools one last time. And I, I don't know, shit, the team can go 500 next year. That's, I mean, and I told, I told my dad the same thing. I, I was talking to him about it yesterday, and I, and I pretty much told him, I said, look, I would gladly trade – a year of 500 baseball to see Yadier Molina, Adam Wainwright, and Albert Pujols be sent off the way they should be uh-huh. in their final year. Absolutely. I would pay. I would, I would gladly give it. I don't even care if it costs us a, a playoff opportunity. I want that moment. I <laughs> want that moment because I think for you and I, 
they are they are our Stan Usuals. Mm-hmm. They are our Ozzy Smiths. They are our Vince Coleman's, our Willie McGee's that mm-hmm. our, our lovely boomer friends like to talk about. So, they are those, they are that st- symbol for us. And that's what we need. We want it. What makes it even better though is say it does play out as I just discussed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Pools goes to an American League team this year, hits 20 something more home runs, maybe. Um, you know, and he's brought back into St. Louis for that final ride. You know, let's get him eight more home runs and then he can be done. So the Cardinals will play the AL West next year. <laughs> I don't know if the I don't obviously we don't know scheduling yet, but um, you know it's supposed to be the AL East last year. COVID hit. Um, it's the AL Central this year, but they will play the AL West last year. Now I can't tell you how sweet of a moment it would be for me, for you, for everybody to for absolutely see our pools shit <laughs> in a three game set with the Angels. You know, <laughs> do it in Anaheim even. Yeah, I, you know? I mean, whatever you got to do, make it be home run number seven hundred. Yeah. And and I hope Art Moreno just just oh man it would be sweet. That, but, that's that's one thing I, I I go back to when we're talking about this disrespect for Albert Pujols and to, to learn that it's the front office calling the shots and telling him you know what he's done and we don't really care. Um, I I know that Albert Pujols has has spoke on his level of respect for Art Moreno, but good grief, man! How could you possibly get behind it now? How could you possibly even agree that 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 is that he is that way? I mean, it just it it's so mind blowing that they do it in the way they did. It just I couldn't have any respect. I don't have any respect for Art Moreno right now because that is just it's just bush league. Yeah, and I think I think we uh, I think it may be. I mean, Mike Trout even spoke up and said, you yeah. know, it, it upset him and. You know, <laughs> I liked your tweet, by the way. <laughs> what's, what's he going to do? You know, yeah, I mean, he knows look, he's going to age sooner or later and he's stuck with that crap team. Well, well, not only that, but think of the player's psyche. You know, it's one thing to see, you know, it's one thing that you let, let's say John Jay was let go tomorrow. Are you going to blink twice about it? No, you're not going to care. But when you see somebody as good, as great of a player that Pujols was, just get let go. What would they do to you if you're yeah. not producing? Yep. I mean, as good as Mike Trout is, what happens if he falls off the planet of planet Earth too and comes crashing down and hits just as much as Pujols is? Albert Pujols has a higher batting average than Paul DeYoung and Matt Carpenter. So if the fans are worried about about that happening, I, I don't think it's an issue. I'd rather him him attempt a goal than than not, you know. And and to see him back in the Cardinals uniform, it is what it is, and I hope it happens sooner or later. But I mean, he's aging; he knows it. His numbers weren't they aren't where they used to be, but the guy has goals, you know. It's it's the he, guy. You give him the benefit of the doubt because he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Will be a unanimous first ballot Hall. Of famer there's no doubt in my mind and anybody who doesn't for our pools should be stripped of their hall of fame voting privileges forever they don't deserve it they don't deserve it there's not a player in history that batted the way Albert pools did for the first 11 years of their first of their baseball career nobody so i i, I can't imagine him not being a un- unanimous first ballot but if he's not i want to know who, who voted no on him or who didn't put him on the ballot. Cause that, that will have a lot of explaining to do. Absolutely. Expose yourself, you know? Yeah. I, I want to know. Um, so one thing I want to touch base on before we close up shop for the night, um, obviously, you know, that the minor league started this year, this year, minor league started this week. <laughs> um, a couple guys that I want to take note on real quick that I just pulled up some stuff on them. Um, so some guys that are hot right now that, I just want to elaborate on, if you will, um, Jordan Walker, first rounder. Yeah. Um, first pitch, first home run. Well, Love. not only that, he's batting 333, you know, with an OPS of 1.1133. Um, and, and granted, it's only in 15 plate appearances. Um, but, you know, that's a good start to your uh, pro ball career. Right. Another guy who who is coming out strong – and um, double A, who 
you know, I think a lot of us have wrote off Nick Plummer, uh, first rounder a couple years ago. Um, yeah, he was supposed to be an up and coming player. And I'm glad you brought him up too, because I, I did notice he, that. He has not hit over 230 in the minors. Um, yeah. Now, granted, this is just a sample size, um, you know, but the kid's hitting 429 with uh, OPS of 1000. Um, but like I said, it's a sample size, but it's trending upwards. You know, he could go, he could be over right now, but he's not. Um, Some say that's good. I don't know. And, uh, one more guy that um, I think some fans have wrote off is uh, Delvin Perez. Um, I think he's hitting low 300s as well. Um, the the kid he he reminds me a lot of Jose Martinez. Um, just as he's very passionate, um, very outgoing. Um, he's got a very large swing on him that he may need to cut down for hitting you know very high in the order. Um, but once it all starts coming through, you know, I think I think a lot of these guys that that are are succeeding um, that we had essentially wrote off could actually, you know, pan out, pan out so somewhere. If it's not in St. Louis, uh, you know, it might be somewhere. Um, hey, could you could you quickly tell me where Delvin Perez is from? Um, I mean, I could look it up. Yeah, I just, go ahead. I think quickly. it's from. Are you being a smartass right now? <laughs> because I was at the game the other night, and I swear it said Puerto Rico. And if I'm, if that's correct, then I know you're being a smartass right now. Just, uh, just a uh, you know weird flex, but okay, right? Puerto Rican baseball shortstop. <sighs> Don't we make them? Don't we make them? Um. So another guy, <laughs> man, he's starting. He's he's struggling right now. Yeah. Um, Nolan Gorman, man, he hitting 198, correction, 158 right now. Now, it's just the first week. I'm not concerned about him. Um, you know, he had an RBI tonight, actually, in the game. Didn't you call it? Didn't he hit a home run and you called it? No, he had it in the next game, actually. Uh, um, yeah, take credit for it. An oppo shot, but. Um, it, hey, look, he's never hit above single A ball. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I, I mean, he's a young guy. What he's what 19, 20? He's a young guy. I mean, I don't think he's that much older than uh, Jordan Walker. I know Jordan Walker just came out of high school, so he's a he's a young player. Look, one thing that I've discussed with my friend uh, about prospects before is, and this will stick with you, I promise you. Prospects are only that; they're just prospects. You know. We can tie, we can hype up Nolan Gorman. We can hype up Jordan Walker. We can hype up Delvin Perez. We can do all of that. And, uh, and unless they are absolutely on fire in the minors, we take, we take notes, we see what we see, and then we see how they're doing a little bit further down the road. And in Nolan Gorman's case, like, look, I know there was a huge push for people to say, hey, let's get him in at second base. Let's get him reps there. And he'll get that. Um, but look at what happened the other day. He, or I think it was maybe today or it was yesterday in the game. He had a routine play at third base, maybe not so routine, but he had a easy, probably a, a different, a definite way to get somebody out and threw the ball and lost the game for a double a threw it away. Um, and that was, that's at his normal position at third. Yeah, so th these guys are they're young guys and we can't we can't put all this expectation on somebody that has never been uh, has never really hit above single a ball. So for him to be struggling right now, probably expected you would like it to be a little bit better to just kind of say, you know what, maybe he is he is worth the hype and I'm sure he will get there. I'm sure by the end of the year where he'll probably hitting 260, 270 and that'll be OK. Yeah, but. Um, but you want to see some progress. So we got to look It is, that. but I mean, it'll come as the weather turns up and, and it gets better. I mean, he'll, he'll be fine. Yeah. Um, and then Yvonne Herrera, I mean, one home run, six RBIs. In that game that I went to the other night, man, he uh, he had that two RBI game late, or hit at bat late in the game. And um, let me ask you this. When you see him play, what do you see in him? I mean, he didn't have, he didn't have much – he didn't have much um, defensive aspect that 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 stuck out like anything crazy like oh wow you know only X player could have made that play um, mm -hmm. 
but I mean, he, he looks controlled at the plate. Um, it takes good at bats. I mean, he's he struck out a few times, but I mean, he's hitting two two seventy three right now. But I don't think he he tries to do too much. But I mean, this is just a this is just a week. Um, but I mean, obviously, he's got a little bit of a clutch factor to him. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I nothing sticks out currently. I mean, as the season progresses, I watch more of him play. I'm sure I will pick on something or pick up something. Um, but, I mean, it's just uh, like we said with Gorman. He's a prospect. He's very young, and it will, it will all mold together. And, um, you know, I, I fully expect this team to, to figure it out at some point in time. But, uh, again, they didn't have a season last year, too. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm just, I'm happy that, you know, the baby birds are back in action. I think, you know, that's, it's nice for them to get game time because they need to develop. That's, that's the whole point of the minor leagues is to develop into the players that you hope they can be. Um, and it's just nice. And, you know, now when I visit Springfield, Missouri, I guess I have something to look forward to while I'm there. Cause otherwise <laughs> not really much else. Oh man. Too bad. We're not doing this on video. Cause I would be flying my own birds. Yeah. Straight at you. Okay. I believe, I believe that. And I, I, give yeah. it back to you. I give it right back to you. Hey, did you know that the Cardinals as of tonight had the best record in the national league? That's good though. That, Isn't that nice? Yeah, that's, that's excellent. And I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm not surprised. I am happy. Um, you know, you want to know something else? What's that? The Cardinals are the only team in their division with a positive run differential. That's embarrassing, <laughs> isn't it? I mean, sad. I mean, but that just goes to show you, like, look. And I meant to make mention of this earlier. There is only one clear favorite in this division, and I and I think we are now seeing that play out. I mean, we know that this this division, whenever they play each other, it can be competitive. But I think this is the division. This car, the Cardinals have have no choice but to win this division. They're the clear better team up and down, starting pitching through their through their lineup. This is the team to be. Oh, so yeah. everybody's gunning for you, and and you're starting to see this. I mean, look. Minus six for Milwaukee, minus five for Chicago, minus four for Cincinnati, minus 30 for the Pirates, which that's not surprising, plus 23 for the Cardinals. You know who has the next highest one in all of baseball, or at least in the National League? The Dodgers. The the Giants Giants and the Dodgers. And look, the Giants are very, very playing at a very high level right now. But if that's the case, if that's how this is going to play out, you're looking great. And, and, and to think, you know, the the, uh, the NL East was supposed to be this powerhouse division. There's barely a team over 500 right now in first place. The NL East, the powerhouse division, with the fourth place team, the only team having the plus <laughs> run differential. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that crazy? This, uh, that's crazy to me. And, and they're still – and they're below 500. Yeah, yeah. Three games under. Yeah. I mean, it's just – it's crazy. And, and, look, let's keep an eye on it. Washington Nationals, 13 and 17. Uh, that's a, uh, We'll call that Scherzer watch. Hers- yeah, oh, I like that. Let's let's put the Scherzer watch at, let's say, uh, yellow level, right? Oh, no, I would – I mean – Keep it lukewarm. Keep it lukewarm. Yeah, yellow. yeah. I would say – I would say if they are 10 to 15 out come, you know – end of may it, no no that's still fairly early i mean in that division i would say so but um i mean i guess if the division keeps playing 500 ball i guess you <laughs> absolutely i would say i would say scherzer watch Scherzer or watch gets sure, sure. Um, very intriguing um middle to end of june and at that point in time you really start wondering you know if the if they're 10 15 out of first um if they start parting ways with things i i think they have to don't Look, there's one untouchable, two untouchables on that team. Trey Turner and Juan Soto. Maybe Victor Robles. But those two are definitely untouchable. Everybody else is expendable. Absolutely. 
everybody else. So, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm keeping my eye on that. Um, another name that we had mentioned, talked about, you know, David Peralta of the Arizona Diamondbacks. However, if the Cardinals offense or outfield, I should say, is going to continue to play at a decently high level like this last week, uh, that may not even be a, a factor. No, and I don't think it will be. Honestly, I think I think if these guys keep keep where they are, you're not going to see that. Now, I could see no. I could see the movement for some bullpen pieces. Now, I don't know who in the bullpen, obviously, but I mean the thing is, is is if you get a Scherzer type, you can move your Gant and or Michaelis in short rolls if Michaelis comes back to the bullpen um, and rolls that that could protect the the bullpen in 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 its entirety and to the point where you know, you have your rotation fixed, you know, for the mo- the, the deeper October run. And you also have it to the point where you don't even have to do anything with your bullpen because you, you just added to your rotation in turn, bumping people out of the rotation. Well, and I, and I think there, you know, this would be an interesting play too. Um, right. You might even consider seeing what Brad hand from the nationals also has, uh, yeah. Um, because he is left-handed, he is a closer, but more importantly, he's left-handed. Um, that is something that you could pair with Hennessy's Cabrera there. Um, because guess what? Andrew Miller doesn't have it, but he doesn't ha- he hasn't had it for the last two years. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing that you have to, to be very cautious about is Jordan Hicks. If he's going to go on an extended IL, uh, which probably is going to be the case because you don't want to ruin that arm, um, they're probably going to have to to search for a bullpen piece, at least a, another right-handed reliever that will help anchor that seven, eight uh, spots. Um, and maybe that's where Brad Hand comes into play, right? You look for a piece that can be an eight um, or swap out every now and then with Reyes at, at, in the nine. Um, but that's just something to look, to look at as well. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it... As we progress, obviously, these stories will get more interesting mm-hmm. um, over time. But um, you got any closing arguments? Um, how you feeling? Uh, how you feeling in the next couple series? Yeah, I, I'm gonna. I need to look at who they're. Oh, Milwaukee and and the Padres, right? I think uh-huh. that's who they play next. Yep. Like I said earlier, if I'm the if I'm the Brewers, I'm not. I am not looking forward to playing the Cardinals. The Cardinals typically handle their ballpark very well. Um, expect a lot of runs this in, in this series. Um, I don't believe that they have to, they will not face Corbin Burns. So that's good. Um, I think they face tomorrow. It's, it's KK versus Freddie Peralta. Peralta has a lot of strikeouts, um, but he also walks a lot of people too. Um, so I think the Cardinals, if they're patient hitters, they can win that game. Um, I think they'll face the toughest pitcher they'll face is Brandon Woodruff um, and he throws hard. So he's very, it'll be a very uh, Corbin Burns esque game where you're not going to have a lot of opportunities, but guess what? The pitcher that he's going that day is doing very well too. John King has a 2.15 ERA. It's pretty good. Um, the only problem is, is it's not, it's over only 29.1 innings. You'd like to see it a little higher. And he also has as many, <laughs> just as many walks as he has strikeouts. So that's not good at all. Uh, but he's only given up a home run. So that's kind of nice. Um, and then, you know, that last game, it's Jack Flaherty and versus whomever he needs to face because I'm not take, I'm not betting against Jack Flaherty at this point. He's way too good right now. His whip is 0.94, ERA below three um, and going lower. And he's won six straight games. Um, it'd be very, very hard. You'd be very hard pressed to bet against Jack. Um, so I I realistically think the Cardinals can win at least two of these games. I I wouldn't be surprised if they swept them. Um, Milwaukee's batting is bad. The only person you need to stay away from is Travis Shaw. If he is in a position to, to hurt you, walk him. I don't care. Walk him. It's not worth it. It's not worth him doing a bunch of damage to you because he, he typically hits the Cardinals very well. Stay away from him. Otherwise, I feel very confident. I'm very confident. And the Padres, they've been struggling just like the Dodgers. Everybody thinking, oh, they've got Darvish now. They've got Blake Snell now. And their lineup has Tatis Jr. and Machado. 
they're a good team. Don't get yourself, don't get your, don't kid yourself. They're not playing good baseball right now. And they're not playing confident baseball. Uh, I want to get a hold of the Dodgers right now, personally. Oh yeah. I, I would love to personally take on the Dodgers right now too. Five straight losses in series. <laughs> they haven't done that since 2017. Well, it's a good time. It's, it's a wake up call. It should be. It, it, what a time to be alive. That's all I got to say. So closing argument is I, I feel genuinely bad for Albert Pujols, and I really hope he becomes a Cardinal again. I don't think it'll happen either, but I would love to to spend some money on uh, not only getting a jersey for Albert Pujols again, uh, but seeing him in, in a Cardinals uniform would be um, a, a, a complete circle for me. Absolutely. All right, well, let's shut down shop, and we'll do this again uh, very soon. Yep. Go Cards. Yep, everybody, if uh, if you can, uh, just go ahead and subscribe to the Turning Two Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast. Uh, check out stuff on Gateway City Sports, and um, yeah, go Cards. <laughs>